Hashtag, this could be your ad. Well, hello there. It's me, Megan, from the show I just called to say. As a reminder, we're not a sponsored podcast, but we could be with your help. Hashtag, this could be your ad. Got a business you want to promote? Or maybe you just want a personal shout out for being a great supporter of this podcast. Email us at I just called to say podcast at gmail.com. And this could be your ad. Beep, beep. I just called to say. Remember when I just called to say. Thank you for that time. I just called to say. What had happened was real. All right, I'm going to I'm going back in on the mic. Hold on, I'm going back in on the mic. Here we go. Here we go. Turn my volume up. Mic that's check that's two, that's one, two. Hello and what 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 welcome to I just called to say hey. <laughs> this is the reliving and truth telling podcast where our guests call in and confront and set the record straight. I'm your host, Megan Pugh, joined by my funny girl co-host, Colleen Rass. Hello. How you doing, boo? I'm doing quite well. I'm drinking coffee and red wine right now. So my body's just like, where are we going with this? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just down a cup of coffee. Now I've got some vodka and just some muddled strawberries. So it could get dangerous. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And when I say muddled, I literally squeeze them with my hand. <laughs> like I squished yeah it's some squished strawberries my best friend is a professional muddle muddling party thrower she's very good at it and anytime that we get together she tries to like surprise me with them and other people but it's like the least surprise she like has to go to the, the store and buy berries and then she's like making simple syrups that are oh wow like earl gray flavored and I'm like Haley, I think I know what's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to be doing a muddling party pretty soon. It's really cute. She should be around whenever I want those. What's the official drink of Brazil? It's like Capar- It's almost like the dance. Oh, Caparina? Caparina, yes. Caparina. I love those. Yeah. So good. But you always have to have a muddler. And I'm just like, mm, making do yeah. with what, like a wooden spoon. <laughs> Here I go. They're, they're really good. Shout out to our returning listeners. And if you're a newbie. Welcome. Welcome. If you're a newbie. I can do because I feel like with podcast, I get on a kick where I will listen to those thing four or five, and then I'll, I'll start switching them out slowly. So welcome. They're in luck because this is the fifth episode. So you can binge watch. I mean, binge listen episodes one through five. Yeah, you're so lucky. So today's episode is about teachers, specifically our favorite teachers, our not so favorite teachers, and, you know, just the quality of life teachers have right because I know as a child I, I thought teachers lived at school yeah I couldn't imagine what a teacher was like outside of the classroom it is bizarre now that we are like the same age as teachers that and you thought they were so old back then didn't you yeah and now your your friends are all teachers and Yes. It's like, oh. Sometimes I feel like being a teacher is like a sorority in itself that I didn't get to pledge or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, like, there's just certain personalities that I guess are called to teach. Yeah. And I would say that neither of us are that. No. I mean, pretty well, strongly. I guess I'm a dance teacher, but a dance teacher is just like a whole nother mm-hmm. kind of teacher. I'm, I'm allowed to yell at children, you know? I'm, I'm allowed to, I... I'm allowed to say things like, well, you know what? And I wish that more educators would put this in place, like we do at the dance studio. 
in a dance studio, I'm allowed to say who my favorite is. And I'll say who my favorite is and then give reasons A, B, and C why this child is my favorite. And that's a note to the other kids, step up and do A, B, and C like this kid, and you too could be my favorite. It like motivates them. <laughs> that is like so savage. I can't even watch Dancing Queen. <laughs> Because of how mean he is to the children. It's tough love. He's like, Kiana, Kiana, move to the back. And I'm like, okay, he's like, this poor girl is like doing her best. And he's just like ripping on her. And then he's like, Ansley is my favorite. Everybody knows. And I was like, oh my God. And he's always like, you don't get to where I've been if you don't work hard. And no shade, but... Where is he? Hello. He is the, well, you know what? He's never won any of the seasons he's been on. Sashay away. <laughs> but he got right? a show out of it. I mean, like. But yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you become a dance teacher. Dance teachers are like, I mean, I'm not going to generalize dance teachers, but speaking for myself, mm-hmm. I'm pushing right. these kids so hard because I see the potential of what they could be and what I wasn't. Or for other dance teachers, it's like, I see the potential of what they could be, and I've done that, and I knew what I had to do to get there, you know? Yeah, he says it a lot, too. So I think there, it's, I think it's just dancing, yeah. There's, like, dance teachers, it's like, you're just allowed to yell. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of pushing that needs to be done. Um, yeah, I don't think any teacher I've, I've ever had in any medium has... <laughs> Said they had a favorite. She, she treated me that way, yeah. And I'm not sure. I mean, like, I guess, you know what, maybe it would have been more refreshing if teachers had just been that honest about it. And been like, obviously, so-and-so is my favorite. Have you ever had an academic teacher call you their favorite? Not until after I left the school. And I told the teacher, mm-hmm. I was like, you were my favorite. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you were secretly my favorite, too. And I was like, yes, 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 Aww. yes. But um, that's awesome. I always wanted to be a teacher's favorite. But here was the issue of being a teacher's favorite. I felt like I needed to be smart <laughs> in that class. And I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. academics were not my strongest suit. If there's one thing my mom could have done, my mom and dad could have done, I wish they would have taught me better study habits. I couldn't study for the oh, life yeah. of me. I was the kind of person where like, either you get it or you don't. There's nothing in between. So because of that, Got I was it. always like, you know, a B student, like, you know, just always mm-hmm. passing with a B, yeah. you know, a C I never frowned upon. I was like, Hey, a C in my mind was like yeah. a B to everyone else. Probably. You know? Yeah. I was not, I think I was pretty similar. I was like, just kind of coasting by not really like going to get too stressed between like a 97 and a 98. Yeah. Like I was happy to have those grades. Do you have any teachers that are like you, if you saw them today, you would say like, like you don't, you don't like them. That's what I'm trying to come to. Any teachers that you like hold a grievance for? Ooh, any teachers I don't like? Give me a moment. You don't have to say their name. Because I'm pretty sure I'm, just, I'm, I'm going through. I want to say it was someone in middle school because you know how you feel in middle school already. You're just kind of like angsty. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Oh my God. I actually have a fun. I mean, my sex ed teacher was actually the cheerleading coach, Vicki Butler. And she, she had a lot of ideas about sex. And she was like- At your age, you're gonna be having a lot of urges. You're gonna to wanna to take off your clothes and touch each other. But if you do touch each other, you will get chlamydia and die. Um, she just was a hoot. Cause she was, I mean, clearly just like 
like cheerleading coach I just gotten saddled with this job like totally because I have to kind of like do a certain amount of hours I think teaching in order to coach I don't really know what the roles are but she's our sex ed teacher and someone had put in the box like uh, like you know there's like always that box in sex ed like where you can put the questions that you're too embarrassed to ask for yourself but someone had put mm-hmm. which very fair question can women rape men and I like you know great question and right I was sitting in front of one of like the cooler guys in school Keenan Shepard because it's like R-A-S-T and then Shepard you know alphabetically <laughs> and she goes well I'll Okay, so this question is, can a woman rape a man? <laughs> and I just like, I was like, I was like, kind of like interested, whatever. And she's like, now let's just say Colleen here wanted to rape Keenan, and he was like, literally like, <laughs> one of the coolest guys. I was like, I want to kill myself. You're like, please don't use me as an example. Don't do examples yeah. with people. <laughs> like, please don't. She leans in. She's like, they're at the macaroni grill down on Harbison Boulevard. She's going to get him real drunk, okay? Because she wants to steal his watch. And she wants to write Keenan. Colleen wants to write Keenan. And I'm like, and like literally everyone is just dying with laughter. Because she's literally using a 14-year-old. Like, it's this wildly inappropriate. She's like, now Colleen's going to get him real drunk at the macaroni grill. On Harvison. They go to the holiday on Harvison, of course. <laughs> they go to the Holiday Inn Express. She gets him real drunk. They have sex. She does not use a condom. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like this is me. Like I'm still getting 14. Are you just like burying yourself in the desk, just slumping down? Yeah, like and I'm like a level twelve version at this point. Like I probably had, had just on a body like a blowjob even was. Like, I was, like, not, like, one of the fast girls at all. I was wearing fucking jumpsuits. Like, I was, like, trying to figure some other things out. She goes, now she's not going to use a condom. They have sex, but he never consented. She's going to steal his watch. But wait, she didn't use a condom. So my, now he might be paying child support for the rest of his life. And yes, that is how a woman might rape a man. What? Like, oh. Literally. I love how she throws the child support in. Yeah, like, like it's like a long-term drift that, like, <laughs> hypothetically later in my life, I take this man to a chain restaurant in my small town. I, I get the watch out of it, which, like, I guess it'll get me like that. Like, <laughs> it better be a Rolex. Yeah, I know. But of course not a Rolex because he's 14. I'm like, what the fuck? I should, like, I would actually like to talk to her about that because that was just why. She sounds like the gym teacher from Mean Girls when he's yeah. like, don't have sex. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? Okay, everybody take some rubbers. She, like, always had those French manicured nails that were like mostly just plastic coming off of her finger and like the big 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 white tip like huge and then she would Ooh. clip them together it's like when you think about that it's like who gets a french manicure yeah. anymore <laughs> who's doing white tips like that anymore a great question i'm sure vicky butler and i'm sure she's just like making 12 year olds cry 
I always wanted my theater teacher in high school to consider me as one of her favorites, but there were just so many strong theater kids who were just like thespians at just like another level than I was. And she just couldn't see me. She probably, I don't even think she thought I was really talented. Mm. I think she thought I could dance and that was going to be my only thing. But yeah, she just thought, she just saw me as a dancer. So she never really looked too much at me. So I had my theater class and then right (laughs) after her, my theater class was my history class. And that ended up being one of my favorite teachers. Mr. Graham taught history and he was hilarious. Like this teacher, I found him to be just so interesting because he just seemed like a real person right off the bat because he also delivered pizza for Domino's at the time he was oh, teaching that's us. Awesome. Well, sorry, that's all. Right? I was like, this teacher is a real person. One time he delivered pizza mm-hmm. to my house and I almost shit a brick because I thought I was going to get in trouble <laughs> because I was very talkative in his class. Like, right. my grades were only B grades because I always did my homework and I always participated. <laughs> but, like, as far as like learning the curriculum in his class, it just. It just wasn't there. But the really interesting thing about his class was, uh, I want to say it was like the third year or the second year he was teaching at the school. He became like, his history class became like a multimedia class. So all his, Mm -hmm. there was all computers in his classroom. So there was like a very heavy computer and technology component to his history classes. So I remember like the first really cool like everything was always like on a projector on the smart board or on our computers and the first day of class he like posted this snl skit it had to be like from like the 80s or 90s and it was like eddie murphy and adam sandler i want to say in the skit and it was about a history teacher who was like trying to tell the kids that they didn't need to know dates in the class like so like he like showed that video everyone's cracking up from it and he's like so at the end of it you don't need to know the dates for the history in this class and everyone's like great we're all gonna pass wow, that's amazing yeah. yeah just just concepts exactly just concepts and it was like very it was an awesome class i didn't learn yeah. much from it but the one thing <laughs> that stuck with me the most was he showed us a video that eddie murphy did with rick james my girl likes to party all the what? time And that song changed my life. I was like, I didn't know Eddie Murphy had a music career. And the song is pretty It's amazing that that was your takeaway from your favorite teacher. Anytime we took a test, he would always play the song, What is love? (laughs) Baby, don't hurt me. I love that song. Like, he was the best. He was actually the person who introduced me to podcasting. We would make podcasts in his class. But I had never even heard a podcast. We would just make them in his classroom. Like, it was like assignments. I still edit everything through Audacity uh-huh. because that's how he showed us. He just called to say so I lied when and she just called to say so why would you do that? We just called to say that really changed my life. Pick, pick, up your phone. So what, Audacity? Yeah, they really haven't changed much. Looks like dead on the same thing. Right? Different colors, maybe. That's why I like familiarity. Yes. All right, Mr. Graham. <laughs> I walked in and I was like, I'm here to see Mr. Graham. And I was like, wait, he's not my teacher anymore. So do I have to call him Mr. Graham? Do I call him Link? Do I call him Link Graham? Do I have to call him by the full name? I didn't know what to do. It's very confusing. It is. <laughs> and how long have you been teaching? Uh, this is, let's see, 2005. So what, 12, 13 years? All right. Um, do you remember me? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you have to ask because teachers go through oh, yeah. so many students. And I'm the kind of person where if I meet someone within five minutes, I've forgotten their name. 
I am bad like that, but for some reason I think the first couple of years kids probably stick out a little bit more because we went through some stuff together. Yeah. I, my first year teaching stuff was kind of tough too. This is my fifth episode, mm -hmm. and I had to reach out to the person who introduced me to podcasting. <laughs> it only made sense. I was like, if I'm going to do a podcast, start from where you, you got to go back to where you started. Go back to the beginning. Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, I just called to say you're my favorite teacher, but I don't remember a damn thing you taught in class. I don't remember, I don't remember U.S. or world history, but you taught me something besides the core curriculum. You taught me about 80s pop culture. <laughs> My girl likes to party, party all, all the time, party all the time, party all the time. <laughs> I didn't even know Eddie Murphy had a singing career until that day. And then I also learned about podcasting from you. I didn't even know what a podcast was and I was making them in your class. Never even heard one before. And I didn't even know how ahead of our time we were with you like incorporating U.S. history with podcasts. And now I have no time to do it with current standards and regulations. <laughs> Not that I'm salty or anything Not that about I'm that. salty at all I'm about super that. super happy. Change the standards, change the standards. <laughs> so when I think about you as a teacher, if I had to combine two fictional characters, you are like Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World with your wisdom. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! But you were fun, lighthearted, and pop culture educated like Dewey Finn from School of Rock. I, I say no testing, and I will tell you why, Joe. Gabe. Gabe, I believe that the children are the future. Now listen, you can teach them well, but buddy, you have got to let them lead the way. Let the children's laughter just remind us how we used to be. That's what I decided long ago. Isn't that a song? Hmm? No. Uh... I don't think so. No. no, no it isn't. I'll take that, that's okay. I'll take it. Yeah, it's a great A little bit of cool and a little bit of, uh, a little bit, a little bit of life. Yeah, You're, you would be like that teacher in a fictional story who would like pull out the acoustic guitar out of like nowhere and be like, all right kids, we're gonna sing along about presidents. <laughs> that's how I always envision you as that teacher. Um, that's cool. If you had to pick two fictional characters to describe your teaching style, who would they be? Or just one at least. Uh, I kind of like, well, when I think about it, I, I probably go back to a teacher that I had before that was uh, Scott Turnage. He was just amazing at, um, at Midlands Tech. My best nice. college professor was Midlands Tech. It wasn't at USC or anything like that. Um, and he was just like, he would come in and he didn't need the notebook. You know what I mean? He yeah. didn't, he just like he just talked. Knew how to talk. He just knew yeah. how to talk about Chinese history. And it was just like, you know, this dude would come in and roll and just be, you know, talking about Chinese history for hours and just loving it. Nice. And um, I, I just kind of remember, like, kind of being fired up by him and kind of wanting to do something like that. It's, it's hard to do it because he was able to basically, like, build his own course and make it interesting. And I kind of have to come in and do the standards that are given to yeah. me and try to pep them up as, most, as, as, but, as best as possible. So it's a little bit different, but I think that's probably, like, it's a real-world dude that I kind of, like, went, okay, that's what I want to do. Yeah. But I remember kind of like you were saying, too, um, that he taught me a lot more than just about the history. It was kind of mm -hmm. like a lot of other hidden curriculum kind of stuff that yeah. was going in. And I know, like, for myself, um, like, I don't remember anything that I, like, really technically probably should remember yeah. from high school. Like, I don't remember that, but I do remember, like, people who, like, uh, you know, 
challenged me on something that nobody else would challenge mm -hmm. me on. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're smart and you're not doing what your work is supposed to be doing, yeah. what's going on. And I, it's surprising I didn't have that many, like, that would call me out on it. There was only like a, like maybe one or two. Yeah, and those are the ones that always stand out. Yeah, and one of them I hated. Like, I mean, she <laughs> was like, I, but it. now on the other side of it, you know, she was the only one, you know, I, I can remember as a student going, God, I can't stand this woman. Yeah. Right, but she was the one that like pulled me out to the side and said, hey, what's going on with your life? You know, and it wasn't about like school. Like she yeah. didn't go, oh, why aren't you turning in your homework? She pulled me off and said, what's going on in your life? You know, those are the ones who care. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's tough. Like it's tough because I get 98 students a day. So it's like really hard to, to be that. Yeah. Hey, you know, what's going but on? But you never behind know who's it? watching. That's right. Behind the desk. Someone's mm -hmm. always looking and watching and taking it in. I had a kid when, because uh, I, sh you know, I, I think I did it with y'all too, but I share a lot about homelessness and I share a lot about kind of the things yeah. that got me there and that type of thing. And like uh, one thing that I really like hidden curriculum wise, I want to make sure that every student that ever passes me, passes by my classroom, knows that there are cycles in the world like alcoholism, mm -hmm. you know, uh, jobs even. Oh, my yeah. dad, I'm going to be a farmer just like my dad. None of that crap's set in stone. Yeah. You know, none of that has to be. You're not going to become the alcoholic like your dad. You're not going to become promiscuous mm -hmm. like mom. None mm -hmm. of that stuff has to happen. You can, you can stop it yeah. and break that cycle. You know, and I, for me, that's way more important. The best thing I ever heard is, and this was probably about four or five years ago, I had two kids at a, that were, one of them that I taught and one I had, and they were about three aisles down from me. And uh, one of them turned around and said, hey, Mr. Graham, I said, hey, what's going on? And I heard the student I didn't teach talk to the other student and say, who's that? Oh, and she turned and said, oh, that's Mr. Graham. What does he teach? She turned around and she goes, he teaches life. Ooh, I was like, Jesus, I yes. was like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa! And I mean, that was pretty much Welcome like... Welcome to Life 101, Yeah, baby. that was like... To me, you know, like, that was one of the best gifts. Yeah, I had a kid get... like compliment. One of my former students gave me, like, a PlayStation setup. Like, a straight-up $600 PlayStation setup when I was delivering pizzas to him. He goes, this is how much you mean to me. I want you to have that. And I was like, oh, my God, that's cool, but it doesn't mean anything yeah. compared to that kid what who was said, like... Yeah. Because, like, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to teach kids, you know, something about life. And for her to validate that, I was yeah. like, man, that's like worth $20,000. Yeah, you taught you know? life, definitely. Correct me if I'm wrong. So when I thought of you as like a Dewey Finn type teacher, the sing-along teacher, mm -hmm. you sing, do you not? Mm -hmm. You were in a men's choir mm -hmm. prior to teaching, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I've actually, like, uh, yeah, I actually led the, uh, the Salvation Army Choir for a while. And it's funny that you were talking about the guitar because I actually learned how to play guitar since I've taught you. <laughs> Yes. So, like, I've been playing around town and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mr. Gregory, do you remember him? Yes. The little science teacher. He, Mr. We're Gregory was one of my student teachers, and he created this song in seventh grade about cells, and it was like, every living thing is made of cells. <laughs> he did a bunch of that kind Mr. of stuff. Mr. Gregory, shout and, out. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's pretty much my best friend, and, uh, you know, he's taught me. A teacher band. Yeah. Oh, we've done it. Yeah, we've done it. We like perform at PTO. Yeah, well, we did it. Uh, uh, I and a senior did Lean on Me last year together nice. at this Pride. Um, you know, a couple different things. Like uh, we did a faculty talent show. So me yeah. and Mr. McKinney and Mr. Gregory came together and did a Susto song. Pick a bar of something. What do you want? Flattering child, you shan't know me. 
See why in shadows I hide. Yeah. Look at your face in the mirror. I am there inside. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love yes, it. Mr. We spoke about it earlier, but I believe my class was one of the first classes you mm -hmm. taught as a, was mm -hmm. this at Spring Valley or as a teacher? Oh, as a teacher, period. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, first, yeah, first, first school was Spring Valley and y'all were, were like, I think you were literally my first class, like first and second period. Yep. Y'all were no, like, I was third and fourth. Third and fourth. fourth y'all yeah. were, yeah, but first I had, first and second was U.S. history. I consider y'all my real first class because y'all yeah. were freshmen. Yeah. The uh, the juniors were already I like they are that was their class. Yeah. That was their class. It was like thug like, US hey, history. I'm just coming in. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> hey, uh, is everybody gonna do the test? And then like literally I had to break up a, a blood and a crip fight in that in that class. Oh so I was God. like, that was their class. Yeah. Just so people know, Mr. Graham did not have a classroom his first couple years <laughs> teaching. He was a floater. So when a teacher didn't have a class going on, we would go to that teacher's classroom. Mm -hmm. And then when the bell would ring, we had to transfer to a different classroom. So you could imagine 30 students leaving from one classroom to another during a seven minute break and then trying to go back in that classroom and not be rowdy. Like, I was a homeless teacher. I just thought about that. <laughs> I was a homeless teacher too. Are you in a stable situation now? <laughs> I am stable. I finally, I finally made a place. This is my home. Yeah. So I asked, what was your disciplining style with those students? Because like, how would you get us to get back into that mind space of like, all right, we need to learn after we just switched classrooms and we're about to go to lunch. I think I yelled a lot. <laughs> like, I think there was a lot of fear and just like, God dang it, you know, a lot of, cause yeah. I mean, there's nothing else I could do at that point. I, I remember like once or twice, like y'all's class was so rowdy. I was like, look, we're gonna go single file, file line and I'm gonna talk to you like you were duckies in a row and we're gonna go past every senior class while we go, I said, "Look, we if y'all," I was like, "If y'all aren't gonna listen to me, I'm gonna make sure that you are the freshman class that everybody knows. Y'all are holding hands yep. and y'all are ducky walking down the class." Yep. And I remember that like Ryan Turner was like, "I'm six foot two. I don't want to be seen <laughs> doing that." We can't miss. It's pretty Ryan. hilarious. Tall, so <laughs> yeah. And you, you were really good about how you would like shade us with discipline, like. Obviously, students are going to pass notes, and you would just be that teacher to be like, oh, we're going to pass notes? Well, then I'm going to read the notes. And they'll read it out. And so, after his couple years of being a homeless teacher, <laughs> he got a classroom, and the classroom was filled with computers. And I was like, wait, <coughs> how do you go from no classroom to computers? <laughs> and this is a history class. <laughs> like, was that a fluke? Were you meant to have computers? Or no, it was, no, that, that was literally, uh, it was iTech. So they were looking for teachers that were doing, that were interested in doing like technology based stuff. So the experiment was to teach history using a lot of technology based okay. stuff. Now the experiment kind of went like this. It, it, it kind of went like uh, what we ended up doing was a lot of technology stuff. And it really, I think, impacted negatively the historical knowledge. 
Like the kids actually probably got less historical knowledge out yeah. of that because they we ended up getting a lot more. You got great podcast skills. <laughs> I know how to edit. Yeah, you know how to edit on a first. So I like oddly, to wave an MP3. <laughs> oddly enough, you're you're a product of that class because you're podcasting, and then we like talked about we talked about like a couple other students right. that are involved in film and things like that. So they got y'all probably got a lot out of the class, but we like in terms of historical wise. knowledge. Eh. Ask me who Martin Luther is. I still don't know. I still oh, don't know. I that hurts my Martin. heart. <laughs> that heart. That hurts my heart just a little I'm bit. I'm sorry, Instagram. That hurts but, my heart. Ninety-five theses, Protestant Reformation. Just saying. <laughs> what he said. What he has. If it was multiple choice, I would have been good. But don't grade this podcast. It's the content over quality. <laughs> oh, I do remember. The SNL skit that you showed us on the first day of the Oh, Instagram. yeah. The Do Seinfeld, we need to know dates? The Seinfeld history, yeah. <laughs> you know what? No, just go ahead. Go ahead. Bring in. Bring in. What is it? Bring it. Bring in. Bring in the movie. Just bring it in. We'll show it tomorrow. I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> and that's probably why you were one of my favorite teachers because I used to come freshman year. I had theater early in the morning and I would come to your class. And I wanted to be a teacher's favorite. Like I wanted a teacher to like see me. And I couldn't get that attention from the theater teacher just because she had so many talented kids already and I wasn't willing to commit like they were. I How does it feel knowing that you got your you, you got your appreciation from a teacher by just sitting in there with a book? <laughs> Passing notes. No, but you thought I was funny. And that's why I was like, man, this guy, he laughs at my jokes. I'm like, he thinks I'm funny. And I think he's funny. And you were the first teacher that I like could banter with like that. And then it was like, you know what? It's not a scary to talk to adults. Mm -hmm. It's not. They're mm -hmm. humans too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they laugh. They joke. Mm -hmm. You know, you can talk to them. You can confide in them. Except when I flipped. When I flipped, it was a whole <laughs> different ball game, right? When I went into like, flip mode, Graham it was like, sucks. oh my God, this guy sucks. I'm counting down the Do you remember? Do you remember the time I made y'all copy like an entire chapter of the book? Yes. I was yes. like, oh, you. That was your thing. You like copy the book. We went, oh man. man. Copy the book. You're getting the material one way or the other. <laughs> There's a lot of copy of the book. That Pretty was bad. Okay, so why podcasts? Why why did you teach us? Why did you use podcasts as a I mean, project like, tool? I mean, like this is this is pretty much it right here. I mean, this is kind of like an oral history, and we're doing a little bit of an oral history here. So, I really like the uh, I, I like the idea of being able to like jump on. Um, a number one and just kind of like get a like one of my favorites is the history of Rome. It's over now, yeah. but it's like 170 episodes. And if you're a history nerd, that's 170 episodes of awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? The dude makes subtle, dry jokes about history and just I loved every minute yeah. of it. And I was like, okay. So it was like just hearing like people's stories and stuff like that. This uh, print's going to go away, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like these, you know, these kind of skills and people going out and doing oral histories and things like that, I think are really important. So. It just blew my mind because, like I said, we were creating podcasts in 06, 07. I'd never, I didn't even know what a podcast was until like 2010, mm -hmm. 2011. Mm -hmm. And now I'm obsessed. Do you have a podcast? No, I don't anymore because I just don't have time. Oh, yeah. I don't have time. I'm like, you definitely, you need to get back on that. Yeah. Man, forget these students. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, it's it's funny because like I think I was cutting edge there for a while and then just kind of like fell away from it mm -hmm. and now there's just so many podcasters and YouTubers and all of that different stuff. I missed yeah. the YouTube boat. I should have put a video on, man. Yeah, we I'd be got sitting the at home with a Bugatti, talking about, hey everybody, all right, come look at my life this week. I'm driving the Bugatti. 
<laughs> pull up in the visitor parking spot at the school. Hey, my name's Link Graham, like Logan Paul. Hey, what's that name, Logan Paul? Link Graham. Oh Middle fingers to everybody, yo. That kid is like just like mid market idiot. on the YouTube He's an market. idiot, though. He is. He's an idiot. Yeah, people call him a psychopath. Well, that's because the. I mean, you. I, I even kind of saw that when it was like when he went over to the Japanese forest and found that dead body in there, and then like YouTube to just like, dude, you have absolutely mm -hmm. no chill at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's the future. That's the future. <laughs> well, it is. It's wild, man. What made you want to become a teacher? Uh, really, uh, it came down to, um, I was just taking courses in school and it was history and I loved history. First I was a biology major um, and I just kept reading history class, history textbooks and stuff. And I was like, man, bump this. So I switched on over to history. I still love biology. I just couldn't see myself like yeah. doing much with it. I, so, you know, after a while I started, I took a couple education classes. One, just because somebody said, take an education class, it's really easy. Mm -hmm. So I took Ed 300, which was like a... a kind of like the first intro class for taking um, undergraduate education stuff. It's like educational philosophy or something yeah. like that. And I remember like taking that class and, and I read a really cool teacher, uh, Craig Crydell, and he's like a jazz, uh, jazz trombonist and stuff. He's just a really cool dude. And that was the only class he taught undergraduate. Like mm -hmm. he only taught like upper level, high level graduate just at courses. At USC? At USC, okay. right. Um, and so I took the class. And I remember we did one book. It was called The Water is Wide by Pat Conroy. Uh -huh. it, was at, it was basically the, the Pat Conroy's um, times of being a teacher at Defusky Island in, oh, yeah, in yeah, Charleston. Oh, yeah, yeah, We read that. Right, we right, were right. in Teacher Cadet. Mm -hmm. um, and we did it. That was basically our Teacher Cadet at the college level. Okay. And, like, everybody was, like, they were, you could tell that they didn't really, like, maybe they read the book. I don't even know if they read the book. But it was, like, you could, they were just glowing towards him, like, he took a stand and, I don't know if y'all remember the background, but the background was is he like quit teaching and left because he didn't like some of the decisions that were being made yeah. at the at the level there. And I remember we having this big discussion on the class. And like all 29 of them were like, yes, let's make a stand, da-da-da-da-da. And he did the right thing. And I said, no, nah, he didn't do the right thing. Like I was the only one that basically said, no, nah, he didn't do the right thing. Yeah. And like the, the professor was like, why do you say that? And I was like, well, what about the kids? Mm. I was like, yeah, he quit, but he basically quit in the middle of the year, and now he's got, he yeah, he quit on those kids. And if you don't know the backstory of it, too, like, he had those kids try to contact, Pat Conroy did. Like, he had to try to have those kids, con some of those kids tried to contact him again, yeah. and he wouldn't, he wouldn't contact him. He wouldn't have contact with him. It was obvious to me at that point in time, especially knowing the backstory, that Conroy was doing it for him to kind of get that recognition of this is what I did. Yeah. And I was like, what about those kids you know what I mean like those kids those are nine or ten kids that didn't have a teacher and all of that and you know um, and I remember the professor pulling me afterwards and he was like you need to be a teacher you know <laughs> and it was after that conversation yeah. he was like he was like that's you know he was like that's that's what it's about and yeah. he didn't pull me like right after that but I remember that was the time that he kind of like yeah started questioning me and but the fact that I was thinking a little bit yeah. different than the rest of the sheep in the class, I guess, because mm -hmm. they were all like, yeah, he did it. And I think they were kind of like, well, that maybe is what he wants us to do. And I'm like, no, nah. like I'm analyzing the situation. And yeah. I was like, he crapped on kids. You know what I mean? He just, yeah, you just, and, and I don't know, it was that one thing that kind of like drew him out. And eventually we talked more and he was like, you got to be a teacher. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Um, before be deciding to become a teacher, I was going to become a Methodist minister. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ministry. Yeah. And, um. And I was like, 
I was really into it, started getting into it, and then I realized that what I thought of as being a minister wasn't the job of being a minister. It was mm-hmm. like 90% of the job of being a Methodist minister was like taking care of the building fund and making sure that oh. this gets taken care of. So nothing hands-on, really. Well, I mean, yeah, you get a lot of hands-on, but not as nearly as much as I was, because yeah. I was thinking that's what I would, you know, that's what I would be, that's what the kind of ministry I yeah. want to be doing is holding hands and, and taking care of business, you know. Um, and once I kind of realized that that wasn't the reality of things and yeah. stuff like that, and I still had to get a job, um, you know, and I kind of realized that I think that, like, I could affect yeah. kids here, you know. And I remember in high school, it kind of brought me back to that teacher that I didn't like that called me out, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I just think I can affect, I think I can affect a lot of kids here. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any advice for future, for young teachers coming up? Because a lot of our, a lot of my classmates and a lot of people that you taught are now teachers. Yeah. So like the people who are starting now, God bless them. You know what I mean? Because it's like so much stuff coming at you all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I could say anything in this podcast that would, that would make any difference in the world, I hope it would be, um, if, if there's any senators or, or anything like that listening just let the friggin' teachers teach. Yes, let Just, them teach. Like, I literally spend about 75% of my time taking care of busy work to prove that I'm here doing teaching job, and it's taking at least 50% of my time away from actually being able to teach kids and make yeah. good lessons and be able to, to take care of that. So, like, when I have kids go, gosh, he's so boring, it's because I don't have any time to actually do anything. Yeah. I've got all this other stuff that I have to, like, prove to somebody in society that I'm, you know, doing valid yeah. work and I should get a paycheck, you yeah. know, and it's just like, if I had the ability to go in here and just teach, that would, that, you know, that's my dream job. Just be a teacher. Weren't you teacher of the year? Mm-hmm. What year was that? 2012, 2013. How do you become teacher of the year? How does that happen? What do you well, do? Well, literally, do? like, like literally that's just, you know, um, it's the teachers who basically elect the oh, teacher okay. of the year. So, I mean, not to, uh, not to, to speak too much on it, but it's pretty much a popularity contest. <gasps> Ooh, popular. Popularity contest. What are the perks that come with being teacher? No perks at all. More work, more work, more work. I got, I think I, I think I got a hundred dollar, I got a hundred dollar check for all of the extra stuff that I had to do. Like your members of forums and all kind of stuff. But I mean, I guess you get the notoriety and you get the, you get a, you get a plaque and a, no, I didn't get my parking spot. It's so hilarious. Can we get him a parking spot, no, please? It was they. I, I think they forgot about it because it was during the new school kind of like transition. Oh yeah. And I have a parking spot that like isn't where they could easily put a, a my spot. So I think it got put in one of our assistant principals' rooms, and he moved over and somebody took over this year and he brought me up my parking pass. He was like, "Here, look what I found," and I was like. From five years ago. How Please. nice. Look, it's right back there. Reserved. Oh, that's that's, that's it. Yeah. So I've, I've got it in my classroom instead of actually We got the plaques, but we never got the actual physical parking spot. And I was okay with that, though. Is that Mr. Graham? Well, I that's appreciate awesome. you so much. That's so cool. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate it. I thought about becoming a substitute teacher while I was home. Because, you know, I'm home with my parents. You should actually do that. Uh, Actually, you You know what? This is when I start feeling for teachers. Because, you know, it's really hard for me to think about being a sub because I looked into it. Mm -hmm. And they pay you $80 for a full day. Mm. Which, I mean, I guess that's good money. But 
After being a full-time nanny and getting that $15 an hour, oh. I'm like, I'm gonna need for these substitutes and these full-time teachers to get more money. Yeah, that's not, that's Babysitters not can't be out here making more money. You can make more Instacarting, yeah. so. Okay. Teachers, you should think about Instacarting. Especially if you get off at three o'clock, you can pick up a four o'clock shift, go four to eight. Oh my God, yeah, do a two hour shift. Okay, I made mine a little bit drastic. Yeah. You don't have to do four hours. <laughs> Y'all know I love to Instacart. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say, I would just get off at three or 3.30. You could do it from four to six or, I mean, you don't want to be cut out in traffic, so I would do it from three to five. Instacart. That's side hustle. That's side hustle, you're right. Ooh, ciao. Who turned on the air conditioning? Cause I feel a vent coming on. I Just Called to Vent is your safe place segment to rant and rave about anyone or anything. And I promise you, Colleen and I won't judge you. Feel free to submit your vents to I Just Called to Say Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to have you on the show. Hi, my name is Jilly and I'm a teacher and I just called to say in honor of all the other teachers who will be teaching on Halloween that this job is really fucking hard. And sometimes the hardest part is the parents, sometimes the hardest part is the pay, sometimes the hardest part is the bureaucratic bullshit, but sometimes the hardest part is the children. Um, let me just give you some examples of some things that children decide that they will do because they apparently run the world and we don't. One, lately all of my kids deciding to turn their shirts around. Two, light up shoes. Have you heard of light up rain boots? I don't know how many times I've ever been stopped in the middle of everything that's ever happening with someone going, hey, 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 look at this, look at this. I could be bleeding to them and their light up shoes would be more important. Oh, sometimes they just throw up in the middle of like coughing. You'll be having a conversation with them and they'll just barf. They don't even look like they're about to barf. They just throw up. One time I had a kid who wouldn't answer to me unless I called him Sonic the Hedgehog for about six months. I had to call him that. And then one day I got used to it and I was like, hey, Sonic, come over here. Look to me. And he said, my name is Cameron. So I'm like, okay. I like unprivated myself and called you Sonic for six months till the day you decide I'm supposed to call you Cameron again. Uh, I have a, just a couple more things to get off my chest and then I'll let it go. Uh, one time I had a kid say he was going to shoot me. Um, one time a kid, we were going out to recess and he like gathered up all the other boys and said, come on everybody, let's go fuck shit up. I just think that people don't understand sometimes what we might go through on a daily basis. Sometimes those kids just be hard, man. Honestly, teachers are the most patient people, and that's why I can yeah. never be a teacher, because middle schoolers are little shitheads. Yeah. And I live with one, my niece, <laughs> and she's shady. Oh, how lovely. I can never imagine that's... being her teacher. She's shady, and she's smart, so, good for so her. she thinks she knows everything already. So, you know, you got to look out for those kind of kids. I think my takeaway is I definitely would like to thank literally every single person that ever put time into educating me, even the ones that I hold like a little bit of bitterness for even for Vicki Butler because she gave me that great great good story um thank you Vicki Butler thank you I'm sure I wasn't a peach the whole time either and I'm doing okay like I'm 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 out there so I huge amount of gratitude 
I just like I you can even think of like five things that I did the teachers that were like so shitty and annoying that I want to like apologize for and just huge amount of thanks. Yeah. I'm thankful for the people who started out as teachers and then turned into administrators because those seem like the people who really got me. Like I always had an administrator or a counselor who was just always like looking out for me, who could always just see the potential in me. When like I feel like teachers just have so many students that they go through where it's like you can feel disposable. Right. Whereas like, you know, an administrator for them to like take the time to see you and the masses of like a whole school of students, it says a lot. Yeah, and even I was gonna say like the people that do like education um policy and they work like you know in much, much, much higher parts of admin, like it, it actually is they are shaping the way that we get educated. And I think Sometimes we like get more focused on like the front line and teachers, but like there are a lot of people out there doing a lot of things to make sure that everyone like gets yeah. the best education. And so. there's something to say about someone who can wake up Monday through Friday at 5.30 a.m. every day for how many years? That's one reason why I couldn't be a teacher. Too early. Too early to wake up. Especially if you're a middle school teacher. Too early. But then on the plus side, you do get out so uh, early. So that that is a trade-off. And summer's off. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I might need to think twice about what I'm doing. <laughs> no, I couldn't be a teacher. <laughs> I <Yeah>. couldn't. <laughs> I don't think the early part would dissuade me. I think the energy. I think that's like they really have to just like be on all yeah. day. I, ha- I heard the friendliest story from my best friend who was a teacher. And one day she mm-hmm. put on a really cool outfit. And she's teaching her class, teaching her class. Mm-hmm. And a student raises his hand and she thinks he's about to ask a question about the topic. And he goes, I have a question. Is that a dress or a t-shirt? <laughs> and she's like, like she's like, uh, it's a tunic. And if you want to discuss more fashion, we can do that after class. Do you have a question about topic? See? Boom, roasted. Right? I couldn't be on in that sense. I would then snap at this kid in front of all the students. I'd be like, actually, if yeah. you want to come for my outfit, let's talk about them shoes you got on. Yeah, start roasting them. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's, yeah, they are on and like they are responsible for so many young people. And I just think that would be, that's something that I think. You know, a lot of professions are like this, but particular teachers in particular, I think about how much they must carry that. Like, you know, you're dealing with 30 humans and like, you know, in high school, maybe a hundred because yeah. you're doing the block system every day. And it's like, and they know their names. That's something you know, to say. I can barely remember someone's name when I first meet them. And teachers do a great job of knowing yeah. every single student's name. Yeah. It's crazy. And like, I don't know. It's just crazy. Good for them. I wish I could master that deaf stare that teachers do. You know, when the class is all talking and the teacher just stands there in Mm -hmm. silence and just captivates everyone with her silence. Yes. Yes. And like, I'll just stand here until y'all are quiet. And you're like, I want to kill myself for talking. And then everyone gets quiet. And then the teacher says that one thing. Are y'all done? (laughs) You're just like, oh. And you hear your voice. Like you hear, it's almost like you hear you're talking. And you can't, like, you're, like, finishing a thought, and it's, like, all of a sudden the silence is just. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I got that one a lot. I would always hate it when a teacher would call me out for talking, and I'm like, but Mm -hmm. you didn't call the other person who was talking to me. With me? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It always feels that way. It just feels so unjust, but they're just, like, 
Fuck you. Not fuck you, but they're just like. And then the person you're talking to like straightens up real quick, and you're like, "Man, yeah, forget they just, you." Like, slide away. Yeah, they like totally abandon you. But when that happens, like you would be talking to someone and they get caught out, you'd be like, "See you later, sucker." Like, bye. Like I'm over here looking cool and like a good student. Thank you again for listening to I Just Called to Say. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Our background music is by Alec Ong. I just called to say. Remember when? I just called to say. Thank you for that time. I just called to say. What had happened was really. He just called to say. So I lied when. And she just called.